voice as we open in worship. As we sing joy to the world. Sing along with us. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Good to see you this morning at Sunset Hills. Aren't you glad to be in church this morning, right? Amen? And it's good to see each and every person here that's here taking time out of your busy week to come and just give uh, participate in the joy that only can come from the Lord himself, Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to proclaim today during our worship music, during our preach word. And as we look around and see the joy that hopefully you have as being a part of the family of God, that you can exude that through your actions, through your face, and you can just participate and give joy to other people, right? Amen? It's good to see you this morning. If you're here for the very first time, thanks for coming to Sunset Hills. We'd love to know who you are. If you would, either take a moment and text hi. We take your phone. 
text hi to that number that's up on the screen. You can give, leave us information. Or you can do it in an old-fashioned way just by going out to the welcome kiosk and filling out some paperwork out there with your name and address and let us know that you're here. You ready for a good time in worship today? Let's get going with it. Go ahead, Kelly. Lead us off, worship team.
Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9-6. Jesus was born into a time of turmoil. The slaughter of the innocents is the dark stain on the Christmas story. Herod threatened by the birth of the child, people are calling a king, ordered the murder of all male children in and around Bethlehem, age two and under. We can hardly comprehend it. Like so many atrocities taking place around the world today, children end up paying the price when we don't give control to the Lord. But God promises that one day, the fighting will end, Jesus will return to make things right. He promises a peace that the world doesn't understand. We light this candle for every child of God who has lost their family, their home, or their innocence to messes we create. light this candle as people who long for Jesus and the peace of God for ourselves, our families, and communities, and for the whole world.
As our children get ready to go to Children's Church, we're ready to hang around and hear us adults. I hope you consider yourself an adult if you're sticking around. If you think you're of the age of like uh, these guys that are leaving, you're welcome to go and spend time with them. You might get more out of that sermon in there than you might get in here, right? Don't say amen to that, please. We're in our second week of the series of the Advent season, Welcome Home. We're looking at uh, the Christmas story, certainly the greatest, most miraculous birth in all of history was the birth of Jesus. We've been using different rooms or places around the house in a typical home uh, where we can take into account uh, different scenes of the story of Jesus' birth that we're so familiar with and explore the true meaning of Christmas. And today we're looking at the junk room. The junk room. You know, it's the room that accumulates stuff that we no longer use or we think we don't need anymore. Um, It might be a room. It might be the garage or a basement. Worse yet, in the attic. I, at our house, uh, we have lived in, since we've been married, we've lived in three different places. And my wife uh, is, was a school teacher before she retired. And she had all this stuff that she accumulated by teaching. Teachers do that, you know. They just get a lot of stuff. And, and uh, 
we, she had a lot of the stuff that we would store in our first house when we first got married. In this is how far back it goes, Apple IIe boxes, okay? The very first, one of the first Apple computers that came out. And I'll tell you, we put that stuff in that attic. We moved to the second house. I moved those Apple IIe boxes to that next house. They were never opened in the meantime. And then we moved to the third time. We moved it into that attic as well. And to my knowledge, they may still be up there. Never opened. You have a place like that in your house, you know? Maybe you have junk in just in more than just one location, or maybe you have it in multiple locations. It's a place where you accumulate one of those things that you've used in the past, but you don't use it anymore. And you think maybe, well, I'll get rid of this, or yeah, I'll just put it in there until the next time when I need it, but it seems like that time never comes around. It's been sitting pretty much in the same place that you put it 10 years ago, right? Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you seem to be quiet this morning. And I'm preaching to the right crowd? Yeah, okay. Maybe you just don't want to admit it, right? If you're like me, you've moved it around 50 times to make room for the other stuff that you put in the room, you know? Think that you're going to need in the future. Uh, you may not necessarily call it junk, but there are other names for it that I may use in kind of interchangeably, junk, clutter, messy, all of those odds and ends, stuff, hoarding. Yeah, sounds like a good TV show, right? I think there's been a one around like that. For purposes of this sermon, I'm going to use the words junk and clutter and mess interchangeably, okay? I, I, I want you to... Uh, know that the reason I know so much about this particular subject is because um, I have a lot of clutter in my home. I do. Actually, there have been times when we've had so much clutter in the way in our house that we've had to get really creative on how we dealt with the clutter. I've got an example, so I'm preaching to myself this morning. Um, if you follow me on Facebook, you know that uh, we've been renovating a bathroom in our house. About to finish it up. I started it way back in July, and that's when we, at least that's when we started tearing it out. But we started buying fixtures for this bathroom long before July. In fact, uh, I had intentions of doing this bathroom renovation like a couple of years ago at least. And so we have uh, had this, uh, this big box that we bought at least two years ago sitting at different places in our house. In fact, uh, it's, uh, it, it, we'd pick it up for a time and we'd move it from one room to another. Now, granted, this is inside the house, okay? This is in some of the bedrooms. So we would have this big old box, and it would be in the way in one place, and we'd grab a hold of it, and we'd move it to another place. And, you know, that got pretty tiring because it's a heavy box. So here's what I, here's my solution to it. I put it on a dolly, four wheels. And when it gets in the way, we just moved it from one room to this is This is true. You know, look how old the box is. It's been beat up and moved around quite a bit in our house. We really get creative on how we deal with the junk in our lives, you know. Uh, we, we actually did this uh, for much longer than I really wanted to. 
I, I think we should have just put a tablecloth over it. <laughs> Moved it from one room to the next. Maybe we just put it in the den for a little while, put Christmas decorations on it, and then we move it to another room, put uh, dining room, we put food on it or something. I, I don't know. It's, I'm just wondering, did any of you have to uh, sift through junk in your, in your junk room just to get to your Christmas decorations? Yeah, come on, be honest. Anybody at all? Raise your hands. Yeah, there's a few of you. I'm not advocating that you should get rid of everything that someone might consider junk or anything of that nature. I mean, there's actually that old saying around that says this, one man's junk is another man's what? Treasure, right? There is truth to that. I get it. But as I think about junk, there are some things that I want us to consider this morning about junk or clutter. Uh, junk has the ability to seriously interfere with your life. Uh, just a few ways it may interfere is like this. When junk becomes clutter, it just makes it hard to find something of importance. You ever been in that trap? You, 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 you're, you know you have something, but it's been covered up by all the other junk, mess, clutter, that it becomes very difficult to find it, and you end up wasting a huge amount of time trying to find that thing, searching through all the other stuff. I know it's here somewhere. It's got to be. Where is it? I just can't seem to get it. It's somewhere around here. Anybody do that? Right? Come on. I do it a lot. You know, wasted time in search of what's really needed here's another thing it could be it can be a, tra a tripping hazard anybody ever tripped over the clutter that you got or all around you yeah um sometimes working in uh, my shop i do that i don't clean up after myself and and, and i as i've gotten older I'd, my balance is just not what it used to be actually i guess it's because i'm more top heavy than i used to be but it's it's you know i just fall very easily so i i i trip over stuff it can be a tripping hazard and it gets very frustrating uh it, it takes up space that could be used for something better right i mean that toilet is now in the place where it needs to be and now I don't have to move it out of the way in order to get to the coat closet. It is like this morning I needed my coat. It's the first time in, in two years at least that that thing hadn't been in the way. It was such a joy being able to walk to that closet and get my coat out without having to move a toilet. <laughs> what can I say? You could get extra living space. You get rid of the clutter. Clutter that sometimes creates a barrier, at least this happened in our house, of having guests stay at your home. Hey, uh, we're coming into Nashville. Is there a place we could stay? Oh, uh, uh, we actually had this to happen this past week. You know, this gal that, that Lynn used to teach with wanted to come to Nashville, and because and she was coming here, she lives in Atlanta now. She said, What am I, what, can I stay there? And you should have seen the panic in our faces. Like, oh no, I'm glad we got to hurry up and get that toilet in that bathroom so that the girl will have a place to stay and sleep, you know? Uh, here's another thing, clutter 
junk does. It causes you to lose focus. Have you ever been looking for something, you need it, and you laid it somewhere amidst, amidst the clutter, sort of like the other thing, and when you started searching for what you needed, you got distracted. Oh, man, I've been looking for this forever. There it is amongst all the clutter. I, man, I could use this in my shop. Why is it there? You know, and then we just get, or, or you sit down, you start looking through a book, and it's like, hmm, this part of the flight was some 20 minutes duration. In the meantime, Cobb's battery had been hotly engaged with the enemy's parrots, and what does that mean? Tennessee's war. I just better sit down and read this book for every. I mean, do you get distracted amongst all the mess? You know, can cause you to lose focus. Junk can become a health hazard. Tripping over something. <laughs> I just think I'll just let that go because I've been in some homes where there's been so much clutter. It was a health hazard because of the, well, we'll just move on from that. Junk looks bad. Messy. It has the ability to generate defeating thoughts, you know? It's like, shoot, boy, I really do need to clean up. Did I just say that? I did. Did I, I? I need to clean up this mess. I need to really clean up. Oh, man, it's such a big mess. I just think I'll, I'll do it next week, you know? And then you just live in it for a while longer, defeating. It's a fire hazard. Yeah. Here's the thing about junk. It's self-generating. In my junk areas, all the junk I placed there, I placed it myself. Didn't I do a good job placing all that junk someplace? Yeah. I don't have anyone else to blame but myself. Likewise, if I want to get rid of my junk, it's my decision. I know, well, let me just kind of veer from that just a minute. I know other people, events, and circumstances can be generated by other happenings in our life that brings junk. I, I get it, you know. Some of you parents have come to me and you've said, you know, we used to have space in our garage until our kids uh, brought their stuff back over to our house. You know, we thought we got rid of it, but then they brought it back. You know what I'm saying, some of you parents, kids who are guilty of this. So you're now not just storing your junk, you're storing other people's junk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. However, dealing with junk, as frustrating as self-defeating it is, it's our decision on how we deal with it. We can just say no to our kids. Don't bring your junk here. Take your junk someplace else. Hey, your junk's been in my garage for like 10 years now. Don't you think it's time for you to come get your junk? And if you don't get it out, I'm bringing a dumpster in. All right? I'm giving you some solutions, parents to some of your problems. You know, if we're not careful, we allow too much junk to come into our lives and where we just get so cluttered up that we begin to think it's just not worth the effort. And junk doesn't have to be physical. Sometimes junk is relational. Relationships can be messy. 
And it seems at this time of year, it can really get messy, trying to fit everything in, striving to keep everybody happy with family time and getting the right gift and all the extra work it takes to get ready for, for, with the decorations and the food and all the stress that's, that seems to come along with fitting everything in. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes, you do. I know you do. Yeah. The junk in relationships can be quite stressful. And then there's personal junk also. Choices we make, habits that we have that aren't good, maybe an addiction has been created, stuff we fill our minds with, personal pursuit that lures us for a season but eventually becomes empty and not worth anything at all. Here's the thing about junk. A message I want to get across this morning. When there's junk in your life that's causing stress, it's time to do something about it. When it's kind of creating problems in your life, it's time to deal with them. And when there's too much junk, too much clutter in your life, it can truly be disrupted and interfere with what? Experiencing peace. Face it, junk interferes with peace of mind. I'm not just talking about the physical jump in your life, junk in your life. You probably have some of that in your home. But what I'm getting at, and maybe you're already ahead of me, is this. It interferes, all this other, with your spiritual life. The peace that you are to have really at this time of the year. In fact, you're to have all year long. All of the junk that fills our life has the ability of interfering with our relationship with God. So let me ask you a question. When you think of Christmas this year, does the word peace come to mind? Let me let that sink in just for a minute. You've already been thinking about it. Maybe you've already been buying presents. Maybe you've already been decorating Maybe you've already tripped over old Christmas lights in the attic. You know, I, I, I don't know. Yesterday I was putting Christmas lights up on my house. I have this place where I usually set up a ladder to get up to the roof. I have one level. And Lynn likes these icicle lights, and they are a pain to put up. I will tell you that. If you've ever put any up, you know what I'm talking about. I was doing it as the roof was just a little bit wet. Not a good idea. I have a flat portion over my screened-in porch, and when I put my foot down on that part of the roof, it's just a little sloped at that particular place, had just enough moss and, and sediment on it, then just wet enough that, you know what happened? Boom! I hit the deck. I almost slipped off the top of the house. I said, Lynn came out a little while later, and I said, well, guess what just happened? I said, I fell up here. She said, well, I heard something. I just wondered what it was. <laughs> you didn't come out to check on me? <laughs> I wasn't thinking about peace yesterday. Are you carving it out any time at all to think on peace? 
to think about peace. Let me ask it a different way. Are you junky or peaceful? Is your junk interfering with your peace? Do your thoughts, your demeanor, your being look more like this pile of junky mess that's behind me? Or is everything neat and orderly and in place in your life spiritually? So I was thinking through this message. I kept having this recurring thought, this question of how was I going to talk about having peace in your life? How is it possible to have that when truly there's so much turmoil all around us? A lot of angst, uneasiness, a lot of sickness. Life isn't always peaceful. Life can be a combination of pandemonium, confusion, bedlam, anarchy, and really complete turmoil. The reality of it is that you really can't do much about other people, events, and circumstances that are happening all around you and that may be interfering with your own peace. You really can't do much about that. It's not, not saying you can't do something about it, but you really can't do a whole lot about it because they have their own junk, right? And things that interfere with their peace. Those kinds of influences, they're just present. In some way or another, they're always going to be that way. I mean, think back, has there ever been a time when there hasn't been turmoil taking place around you? Every other person on the face of the earth, they're dealing with their junk, and sometimes that spills over into our lives. I, I get that. I understand it. So the only that kind of the answer that question that, 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 that kept gnawing at me is, how do I speak into that? When it's present, when it's there, how, how do we get there? And I came up with this conclusion. The only way to affect real peace in you is to deal with you. You can't worry about everybody else. It's just to deal with you. You're the only person who can deal with your own junk. Personal peace can only be acquired... When you attain peace with God and allow Him to square away the junk in your own life, that is the avenue to deal with our own search for peace. And only you can make a decision to pursue God in search of peace. Here's what Philippians 4, 7 says. If you do that, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And what does His peace do? The Bible tells us, His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So when all this other junk comes up, and when all of the junk of other people are trying to infiltrate your mind and in your hearts, here's a verse that you should remember. 
You will experience God's peace when you're seeking Him, searching for Him, and finding Him. And when you do, His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ, you have the ability of acquiring this peace because we've already been made at peace with God. And until you've made peace with God, acquiring peace and anything else is futile. You may have it for a short while, but it's not going to last. This is the peace that Christmas brought. This is really what Christmas is all about. It's a piece that was proclaimed 700 years ago by the prophet Isaiah. And the verse was read this morning. For unto us, to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, say it with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Prince of what? Peace, Prince of Peace. The kind of peace, this kind of peace that had been prophesied 700 years earlier was the kind of peace that the angels sang about when Jesus was born. Peace with God. And only through this can you achieve peace with God. It comes from what Jesus Christ did through His birth, through His life, His death, and His resurrection. You want to know why Christmas exists? Quite simply, so we can have peace with God. I'm amazed, I'm really amazed at this, that our world, our nation, still celebrates Christmas. I don't really understand why the writers of the Hallmark movies like those movies like that play Christmas carols in the background of all that familiar scene of the town lighting up the Christmas tree. I, I don't really get why they interject those Christmas carols. I don't understand why the networks and the media outlets dedicate so much time to stories about the Christmas season. And why are the houses and buildings and neighborhoods and towns everywhere adorned with twinkling lights and colorful decorations? And why do towns like our own here in Nonesville have parades like they'll do this afternoon and place banners of happy holidays and on utility posts this time of year in celebration of Christmas? Why? The only explanation of these thoughts I have is that it is in the pursuit of peace and happiness that the world strives to bring, all the commercialism that goes along with it. The kind of peace, this kind of peace, that's phony and fragile. It doesn't last. But if you want to know real peace, and if you want to know the real reason that Christmas exists, it's not for the Hallmark movies. And, and, and I'm not against Hallmark movies. We, we well, are like them. Now, Hallmark's going some distance away from its kind of intentions. I'm not against that, per se. We watch them at our house. But they miss the point of what Christmas is about. 
There's a difference between what the world calls peace and what Jesus offers us. He says, the kind of peace that I give, nobody else can give to you. I'm not saying that all that's bad. I'm just saying that uh, it's not the real peace. None of them bring lasting peace. None of them bring eternal peace. None bring peace with God. Only Jesus does that. He's the only one that has the ability to take care of your junk. In a sense, if he's not the focal point of what Christmas is all about, then your life is always going to look... Actually, this looks pretty good compared to some people's lives. But you get the point, right? Ephesians 2.14 says this, For he himself is our peace. You get peace with God through what Jesus Christ did for you. Romans 5.11 says this, And in addition to everything else, we are happy because God sent Lord, the, our Lord Jesus Christ to make peace with us. When we accept Him as Lord, we are immediately, immediately at peace with God. We become His child, adopted into His family through Christ. And if we let Him, Colossians 3.15 says this, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Peace that permeates every aspect of your life. It's the kind of peace that gives you the ability to deal and cope with all the other people and all the other events and the circumstances that happens to you. It's that peace that the Bible described earlier is that peace that doesn't make sense to the world, but it makes sense to us because we get to experience this. The peace that passes understanding. If you follow Jesus... You get peace with God, but that doesn't mean that Jesus brings peace in every other area of life. Peace with God doesn't guarantee peaceful relationships with all people. Certainly, if you want to look at the life of Jesus, he himself is an example of this. Remember what happened shortly after his birth? Joseph, Mary, and Jesus had to flee their home and go to Egypt because King Herod wanted to kill the child. There was no peace there. About 30 years later, he would be crucified by people who were threatened to buy his life. Even while Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was bringing peace to others, as we saw a few weeks ago in the thief on the cross. When you find this kind of peace that Jesus brings, it really changes everything about how you live. It changes how we see others, how we face adverse circumstances and events that come up in life. I don't want you to focus on the next picture that you'll see in just a moment. Rather, I want you to focus on the story. 1972, the Vietnam had been going on for 17 years. In the summer of that year, South Vietnamese planes dropped a napalm bomb on a village which had been attacked and occupied by North Vietnam forces. The flame from the napalm struck a nine-year-old South Vietnamese girl named Kim Phuc. 
It burned the clothes off of her body, and she fled naked. A 21-year-old Vietnamese photographer, Nick Utt, took a picture of her fleeing. Here you see the picture. They became one of the most iconic pictures of the Vietnam War. Maybe you've seen it before. Possibly helped hasten the end of the Vietnam War. An ITN crew happened to be close by. The reporter on the crew, Chris Wayne, stopped Kim Foote and poured water over her. Nick Utt then took her to a British hospital. A little later, Chris Wayne visited her in the hospital and asked a nurse how she was. And the nurse told him that she would die the following day. He moved her to a specialist plastic surgery hospital. And she remained there in the hospital for 14 months and had 17 different operations. Many years later, someone wrote a book about Kim Fook's story. And then some after that, time after that, Kim Fook herself wrote a book. Here's what she wrote, among other things. There was a story beneath the story told there, a divine underpinning that for many decades even I could not detect. A set of spiritual stepping stones that, unbeknownst to me, were paving a path for me to get to God. That is the story I wish to tell in these pages. In her book, Kim Fook told how she was in physical pain from the burns, but she had a deeper pain. What I desired more than healing from my wounds and hope from my heart was peace for my troubled soul. Kim Fook had grown up in a Vietnam, Vietnamese religion of Kai, a cow die. She looked for peace there but didn't find it. There was one occasion when she was in Saigon Central Library and she was looking at books on religion. She said she found books on Baha, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, and Cal Dai that she was raised in, and a New Testament. She started to read the New Testament and discovered that Jesus had been mocked, tortured, and killed. He had been wounded. He bore scars. Perhaps he could help me make sense of my pain and at least come to terms with my scars, she thought. And so it was. On Christmas Eve, 1982, Kim Fook invited Jesus into her heart. A couple of years ago, Kim Fook did an interview with Christianity Today magazine. She reflected on the service which she committed herself to Jesus. She said this, The pastor spoke about how Christmas is not about the gifts we give to each other. So much is about one gift in particular, the gift of Jesus Christ. As I listened to the message, I knew something was shifting inside me. How desperately I needed peace. How ready I was for love and joy. I had so much hatred in my heart, so much bitterness. I wanted to let go of all of my pain. I wanted to pursue life instead of holding fast to the fantasies of death. I wanted Jesus. So when the pastor finished speaking, I stood up 
stepped out into the aisle and my way, made my way to the front of the sanctuary and said yes to Jesus Christ. And there, in a small church in Vietnam, mere miles from the street where my journey had begun amid the chaos of war, on the night before the world would celebrate the birth of the Messiah, I invited Jesus into my heart. And when I woke up that Christmas morning, I experienced the kind of healing that can only come from God. I was finally at peace. That's Kim's testimony. Jesus had brought her peace. Peace that she couldn't find any place else. And that is the gift that Jesus offers to us. It's available today to all of us. I look back on those things of descriptions about junk. I want to revisit those again. When junk becomes clutter, it makes it hard to find something of importance. And let me give a different reply to that. Is there too much junk and clutter making it hard to find the peace that Jesus brings into your life? Is it? It can be a tripping hazard. Are too many non-essentials that you're focused on causing you to trip? It just takes up space to be used for something better. Is all the stuff that you're accustomed to doing at Christmas crowding out Christmas? Junk can cause you to lose focus. Are you in danger of losing focus on what's really important? Junk can become a health hazard. All the stress, all the problems, all the stuff that you're hanging on to, are you hanging on to it too much that you're causing you to have health issues rather than surrendering it to Jesus who says, lay your burden on me. Come to me, who, you, you who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. It just looks bad, messy, generating defeating thoughts. Is your life such a mess that you feel defeated, which leads it to a place, a loss of hope? This one's a little corny, but it's the truth. It's a fire hazard. Jesus is all about helping you miss the fire hazard of eternity. Junk is self-generated. If that's the case, you're generating junk in your life, now is the time to do something about it. Dealing with junk can be very frustrating and self-defeating. I know Christmas isn't always easy for every person. Maybe you've got some past that causes a great deal of pain. Or maybe you're experiencing some stuff now that's causing that. 
where you're feeling hopeless and alone. My Jesus tells me that I'm never alone. That he'll never leave me, nor will he forsake me. That I am loved by him. That I have a relationship with him. He told his disciples when about right before he's getting ready to leave, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give you give it to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. He says, I am giving you peace. I'm leaving that with you. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, a personal relationship with Him, you have the availability of peace because through Him and only through Him, peace was made available. Peace with God? Was it me? I mean, if you're a believer, you have this. And there's no reason to go through this season feeling defeated and hopeless and alone because you have God. You have the, the, the fact that God, peace with God means that my sins have been reconciled. Peace with God means that my eternity is secure, and, and that uh, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven to live with Him for all time. In the meantime, peace with God means that I have Him to guide me every moment through the presence of His Holy Spirit. Peace with God means I can face my problems knowing that He's walking with me and beside me and helping me and, and giving me assistance and guidance. And, and He's saying, I'm not going to leave you. You're not by yourself. Peace with God means that I can experience joy in the midst of sorrow. Peace with God means that I can have inner peace. And all things else flow out of having peace with God. His presence, His forgiveness of sin, a hope, and a purpose. Here's one more thought I want to leave you with. If you have this kind of testimony... In today's time of how God overcame your junk it could become a testimony of others let me see if I can say it in that saying of one man's junk is another man's treasure your junk that God has taken care of can cause you to have such a testimony that it can become someone else's treasure. That was the story of Kim Fook and what she does today. How she took all that hatred and bitterness, the desire for revenge, Seeking to find the peace in all the wrong places, but eventually she finds true inner peace through Jesus Christ, and her testimony has become a treasure to so many more as she's told her story all around the world. You don't have to live with a mess in your life you don't have to live you know what it's time we take this refrigerator to the dump That's, that one was here 
in our storage building. It sat in the white building for a couple of years. Hundred percent juice. White grape natural cherry flavor. You think I'm gonna do this? You're crazy. I don't want the junk. why live with it why why are you going to keep drinking it would you bow your heads please I don't know what the junk is father in other people's lives I know what it is in my life and only can I deal with my own junk when I bring it before you and lay it out there. And you're the only one capable of helping me overcome my jump to give me forgiveness of sin, to give me hope and purpose. And Father, maybe there's some other people here that life is too messy, too junked up, too much clutter too much trying to smother out what the real reason of Christmas is. Help us to bring it before you. Help us to really focus on the most important, the only one who really has a legitimate place in Christmas is Jesus. And help us to focus their lives on him and father for somebody here that this morning for the very first time needs to find Jesus and invite him to their into their heart pray they'll do it right now they'll take all that mess of sin all the things that has separated them from you they'll come and they'll realize that the reason Jesus came was so that he could take care of the junk, the sin in our lives. And you could pick us up, clean us up, and teach us how to live a life of peace, of joy, of love. And they too would have their sins forgiven, their names be written down in the book of life. And when this life here ends, they would have eternity with you where there is no sorrow, no heartache, no pain, no junk. But peace. And Father, maybe we've already done that in our lives then. They were just struggling right now to find that peace. 
pray, Father, maybe this, the words, this message, especially the scripture that's been used, will help us know that we can have that peace that passes all understanding. And it starts with Jesus. That as we bring him into the focus of what Christmas is all about, we'll be able to deal with all the other clutter that's trying to choke it out. That we'll be able to deal with all of the relationship problems. That we'll be able to deal with our own uh, barriers in our minds that try to take the place of Jesus but are proven worthless. And we'll be able to focus on Jesus. And then all that other stuff will be taken care of. Maybe it starts this morning with just surrendering it to you. Saying, God, I need your help in order to, to just make it through this, this time. If any of those apply to you this morning, as it does to me, I encourage you, if God's leading you to, to come to this altar and pray about it, if God's leading you to, to make a decision, if God's leading you to do anything, that you'll be obedient right now in this time of invitation. Jesus, we ask these things in your name. Amen. Would you please stand as we sing? He is here. our journey and looking forward to that day on Christmas Day we set aside time and I, I'm grateful that our world still recognized that Jesus did come 
even in the midst of all the commercialism and the decorations and all those things that we wonder about, there is the underlying story of Christmas, of Jesus coming. Through all of the stuff of culture, I pray that people who are not familiar with Jesus would get in touch with the story, maybe through a Christmas carol that's sang on some movie set or some places they're walking around a store and they hear the music that message will speak to their hearts and they will come to Christ. Help us, Father, as a church to share the joy, the kindness, the compassion, the love that you came to show us how to do to others. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe may be seated. Hey, several things coming up uh, that I want to draw your attention to. This coming Saturday is our men's breakfast. And uh, if you haven't been to men's breakfast, um, it's a good time. It's a good time. Great food and uh, even better fellowship. So I encourage you to join us um, Saturday morning at 7.59 uh, for our men's breakfast. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, parents' night out. We've been talking about this for a little while. So moms and dads, if you've got some Christmas shopping you want to do, um, our student ministry and um, some other adults also are going to be helping with that. December 10th, 4.30 to 9 o'clock, we'll be having a great time entertaining the kids. Um, you may have noticed as you came out, um, or, or came in this morning, rather, um, the uh, Lottie Moon Christmas boxes, the postcard boxes are out. And uh, we encourage you to use those to pass Christmas cards to uh, other folks in our congregation. And uh, in lieu of postage, we encourage you to uh, give that money to missions. It goes to foreign missions and uh, goes to some really great uh, things to help promote the gospel uh, in situations just like uh, Steve was talking about a little bit this morning. Uh, we've got our student and Christmas parties on the horizon, so be watching out for those. We're going to have a great time there. Uh, Christmas Eve service. Don't miss that. Christmas Eve service. If it's been a tradition for you, um, we are, even though Christmas morning is a Sunday, we're still having Christmas Eve service. So we encourage you to, uh, to be a part of both. Yeah, we're still having service on Christmas Day. Christmas Day and Christmas No Eve life service. groups, but right. services. Yeah. Next week, living room. We're going to get rid of our junk this week. You're going to take this refrigerator <laughs> to the junk pile, aren't you? Yes, I will. I need this to get up, it appears. You know where this bat came from? Years ago, back in... Back in the uh, 60s, probably even before that, the Radnor Baptist Church had Little League baseball teams. And this bat stayed hidden in a junk room at the old building for years and years and as we were cleaning it out moving making our move relocation here we came across this bat this is not junk it's actually broken all right i guess it is junk for baseball but it's a keepsake all right um i want us to take just a moment can you go back to the memorial reese um, video 
Thank you all for participating in our memorial wreaths and all of those that you purchased are up on the, uh, on the pew wall behind us surrounding the cross. And so I, I just want us to take a moment and, and, and have a prayer. As we remember, and we'll do it at the end of this, but I want you just to look through these uh, names of people that have been lost that families wanted us to remember. We'll just do that in silence for a moment. Would you join me in prayer, please? One of the things, Father, that makes this time of year difficult is because of people that we've lost in our lives. We remembered times we had with them in the past. Some of them have been gone for a while, while others it's a little more fresh. I pray, Father, that even in a time like this, when we experience hurt and sorrow, loss, that we look to you for comfort and strength. We look to you to bring to us your presence and surround us with your love. That we may rely on it until the day hopefully we were reunited with them and our eternal home in heaven. So we look we see people who are close to our congregation, Father. Let's be mindful that we too one day will be remembered by someone, that we will all have to pass through the passage of death, that we're prepared for that. And rather than mourn continuously for the loss, we'll celebrate the transition into heaven with you. Father, I thank you for our church stepping up and just taking a moment and a little bit of money and saying, I want to remember my loved one. And I pray, Father, that you will 
just bring comfort during this season as we think about that. Others that people have lost that may not have a wreath up here for, we just pray that you would also bring comfort into their lives. We're grateful for the fact that we can rely on you and we can trust you in good times and hard times. That you love us through every place where we find ourselves. And there's truth that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Help us rely on those promises, Father. Help us leave this place today setting aside junk in our lives and making room for Jesus during this season we call Christmas to keep him the main thing. It's in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of her pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.